Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and life. Monday already. Monday already. Happy oh, Monday. Welcome back. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Welcome back for you. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. I was um I was up in Sacramento uh this weekend and uh we played our first show of the new year. How'd it go? It was incredible. It was um really, really fun. A really fun time. Um it was uh not technically in Sacramento. It was outside of Sacramento. I, I think the town's called Lincoln. Mm-hmm. It was at a casino. It was a sold out show and um you you really just forget how fun it is to just play music. Like <laughs> it really is. It's so much fun. And we had a blast and everything was really smooth. And the, it was like one of those shows where, you know, there was no fights, no drama with any of the crowd participation. I mean, even the security was cool. So it was just a nice, good feeling vibe the whole way around. Nice. Yeah. It was a really nice that way to kick off one. the year. In and out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, well, these fly dates, because it's a studio cycle year, these fly dates and these one-off shows that we do, um, it's just turn and burn. What is a studio cycle year? So what happens is is um, about every other or every other other year, uh, we go into the studio as Pepper, and then we um, we get a collection of songs that we release for an album. But um, that takes uh, months, um, just writing being in the studio and of course uh there's all the other uh, release things that go on like marketing and and uh you know testing out the demo works and and you know really really finding that that okay i really appreciate what this song uh is and where it's at and we want to release it and we feel that this song is a a really good match to how the band is feeling as a collective whole all that kind of stuff so what you're saying is that Pepper's coming out with a new album this yeah. summer. Yeah, it's our, it's our, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're absolutely, we're absolutely in a, a cycle year. That's exciting. It really is. Um, but I mean, just because Pepper's going, it doesn't mean we haven't um, been in the studio this whole time. Uh, we're re-releasing, well, Ramey and I, Dub, my friend before your brother, <laughs> We uh, started a project about 10 years ago called the Sabotage Sound System. And Ramey's been really busy, and, and so have I. We haven't really been able to connect, and he moved back to Hawaii. So um, I kind of took the reins, and uh, uh, I put a, a collection of recorded material together, and we're re... I'm not, not re-releasing it. We're releasing um, this under the Sabotage uh, Sound System name. And what we're going to do is a little different, though. I'm pretty excited. I should talk about it. I'm supposed yeah. to make a video of it, but but I'll talk about it right here. So Rebel and Muse can hear it first before it actually goes viral. Rebels and Muses. Right. right there. Um, I'm going to put out a digital release once a month from the Sabotage Sound System. On this Law is Records. On Law Records, which is our record label. Um, yeah, that's right. That's another thing, too. Another... Uh, Another reason why we're doing this is because we uh, acquired the Sabotage Sound System recordings from Volcom Entertainment and put them on Law Records. So now the first Sabotage record will be um, available on Law Records. It's there now. 
And so with the new releases that will be coming up, we'll be doing one every month, mm-hmm. uh, digital format only. And then um, at the end of the year, we're going to put those 12 songs uh, onto um, vinyl. And, yeah. And then the collection will be only available together on vinyl. So you can have, yeah, you can have, you're right. So you'll, so online or online, I mean, um, any streaming player like uh, Spotify or iTunes, you'll have the singles and they will be released once um, every month. But in order to actually have the album that the album will be called, you'll have to buy the vinyl. Very cool. Yeah. And, and that's, it's a really fun way to be able to release music when you have your own record label like we do mm-hmm. and be as creative as we want. It's You really set up your own limitations. Well, the whole music industry has changed so much throughout the years that you have to get creative. I mean, you can basically do whatever you want. And that's the, the power of that is we get to be creative mm-hmm. instead of following the old dinosaurs. But we've been watching them, you know, fall off the planet. Um, and I'm not going to say I miss them. Like... I really am I'm, I'm happy that artists are available to reach out to to people on almost any social platform, whether it be YouTube or putting their music onto Spotify, which isn't that hard, and really getting their music out there instead of having to be um, filtered by the, the old guard, mm-hmm. if you will. No, no, that's not selling. Oh, no, that's not hot. I'm so excited. This is the best time in my life to be able to be a music appreciator because I can listen to any type of music from around the world and it doesn't have to go through a major record label. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's just a really fun time. Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Really well. Um, so yeah, a lot of studio work. And then of course, uh, writing for all of the other law records bands is, is really expanding my whole visual horizon on, on what's you know possible for, for it all. And um, yeah, needless to say, 2018 has really been right out the gates, super fun and and very active. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. We watched an interesting movie last night called Liberated. It's actually a documentary on Netflix. It's called Liberated, The New Sexual Revolution. So I know you have some opinions on it. Well, no, no, let's go. Let's. Well, first of all, let's let's give them a little backstory. You saw this movie when I was actually playing um, up in Sacramento last week. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, babe, you should definitely watch this. So we watched it last night. Yeah. And um, though I completely agree with how social media and um, and what our technology is nowadays is so much different. I remember being like a kid watching these Daytona spring break things. Yeah. So basically, it, it, is this in Daytona? It's somewhere. I think there's spring breaks. Around. Panama City, Daytona. Yeah. Like I just remember MTV always having like Tone Loke come on <laughs> and like, you know, like there'd be like, it would be like this whole spring break theme in like the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So it's nothing really new to me. No. I I think what what really hit was just the, the sensitized... Um, uh, sexual, how do you say, uh, roles that men and women are playing now at the beach? Desensitized, right? Desensitized, right. Yeah. So basically the movie is about um, people on spring break and, you know, young kids, I think they're, they must be 21 because they're drinking. Well, I guess that doesn't really matter. But they're, um, it's their whole view on 
the hookup culture is what they call it. And like you said, how desensitized they are. And a lot of it comes down to social media and these kids growing up with everything being online and all the, the pressure, society norms is, has changed so much. Uh, see, there's there's not that much change. The main thing that's a change to me, though, in my perspective of it is just the availability of which you are able to see more than you were back in the day. Because mm-hmm. kids are going to be kids forever. And I don't really think, like, I don't really think, I mean, you look back, right? I, I look back at these MTV things. And it's pretty funny. It's almost the exact same thing that's going on. It's like this thing has never changed. It's just the fact that there are more ways to meet people. There is more ways to capture the content of what is happening around them um, versus what was available back in the day because how how easy technology is to do anything anywhere. Right. Yeah, but I think... I think that what the movie was focusing on is the highly sexualized um, social media being so highly sexualized that these kids grew up with that and they feel the need to overcompensate in order to 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 fit in, basically. Right. And, and I get that. I completely get that, especially when it's just so available. But didn't you growing up ever feel, you know, that that kind of pressure, too, as far as what your friends were done. I mean, I think kids always go through some sort of like atmospheric pressure change when they're, they're switching over from that kid to adolescent era. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, and then, you know, I guess there's always the magazines that you grew up with. Right. You need to fit in or, or look like that or, you know, what have you. There's a, one part of the movie, there's a girl that talked about, I think she's probably, she's college age, and she talks about how when she was, I think in the sixth grade, is when she started getting the pressure from boys in her class to text them nudes, nude photos of her. Right. And she said, you know, after all this pressure and everyone else was doing it, she finally gave in. And then texting the nudes wasn't good enough. And these sixth grade boys were, you know, pressuring her to, to do other things. And now she has a 13-year-old sister who is, you know, n- living in the age of Instagram. So now there's all these Instagram models that she doesn't feel like she um, is pretty enough. She feels like that's the norm. And she's terrified that her little sister is going to be pressured into, you know, who knows what. I mean, she was on the on the movie just crying about that fear. Okay, yeah, but I mean, even before like Instagram models and, and, and whatnot, like there was always like Cosmopolitan or Shape, like the magazines that you, you were mentioning earlier mm-hmm. that set like this precedence or anything like that, any type of, so it's always been around. I just think like we've never had it in our pocket. Actually, you could take a magazine in your pocket, but it's now it's just, you know, it's constantly in your face everywhere you go. But yeah. I mean, but but it's kind of just the same thing and just in a different technological way. And that's kind of why I was watching the movie going, OK, I know about this, even though the technology has changed. I mean, society hasn't to me like as far as the human being getting into that age kind of bracket hasn't changed that much. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Right. Yeah. But it was a good movie to watch. Definitely. Um. I feel for these kids because, yeah, it's just I can't even imagine growing up with this thing in my phone that allowed me to have everything 
that I wanted to know right off the bat. Right. Do you remember like trying to watch porn like when you were a kid? <laughs> Did you ever like do you ever look at like dirty magazines? It was a mission. Like you had to, it was a total <laughs> mission to like be able to like pull that off. And nowadays you can just google it. Mm-hmm. So I can't, I can't even like fathom like oh and then not only that but they're that's how they're learning how to have sex. It's through like Pornhub and stuff like that. Right. It's just way too elevated. It's like you don't even have a chance to like really experiment because you've seen what you think you're supposed to do. So you just do that. Right. And that is just, and that's not real. (laughs) It's just, it's not. We even talked to a, a friend's child the other night who said that her, I think she's five or six years old, that a kid in class brought their phone in with a, a video of a, a nude video or something of somebody uh what what, yeah what what it was was uh naked people wearing underwear <laughs> is that what she said yeah yeah so five or six years old kids are bringing this stuff to class because they have it on their phone somebody showed them what to look at and that's the major difference right there like i mean like i said like back in the day you'd have to go like really like make an active effort to go discover this world. Mm-hmm. Now it's just right there. Yeah. And um, brings us to the point of why we should all have a digital detox. I'm a big fan of this digital detox right now. And um, I'm, gonna sh- I'm gonna share with you guys one thing that I do lately that has really made me very mindful and aware of how to um, how to treat my cell phone and my connection to it. So. On my iPhone, I have this like little uh, stop, start, stopwatch. And before I go into any of my apps, whether it be email, the weather, socials, anything, I go to the timer app and I hit the timer. This, what this does now is it sets me on a, a watch, a clock. And I, I basically go through my phone with this in mind and the reason why I do this is because whatever time I spend on my phone with that start stopwatch, I have to do some kind of physical exertion activity, whether it be uh, push-ups or sprints or walking the beach or going outside. And I have to have a balance of time, whether I'm looking at my phone <clears throat> into something else that is physically active or health improvement in, in a way. So let's just say I go in and I start the stopwatch and uh, I look at my phone and by the time I'm done with everything, it's just say eight minutes. Okay. So now I have to be accountable for eight minutes of whether it's jumping rope or uh, doing an eight minute yoga class or getting outside and getting my feet, my bare feet into the grass or the sand for eight minutes uh, meditating for eight minutes and I have a counterbalance now. So instead of just mind mindlessly scrolling through, um, any Instagram pages or, or anything like that, I'm, I'm on the watch, I'm on the clock. And so this is actually helping me be a lot more mindful with my time on my phone, which by the way, I mean, I just listened to this podcast as well with, uh, Dr. Joe, no, Joseph, Mercola. He was uh, featured on the Grand <laughs> Ben Greenfield uh, podcast. That's one I, I listen to a lot too. And they're talking about these, uh, you know, these EMFs. Do you know what EMFs are, Mel? Tell me. 
it's electric magnetic fields. And this exists like in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's it's everywhere actually. And it's always been. Um, however, because of all of the cell towers and because of all of the cell phones and the Bluetooth signals and the Wi-Fi signals that are going around, it's, I, I think Joseph uh, Marcola, Dr. Marcola says that it's, you know, it's, it, it's gone up by a billion, billion in EMF strength and waves. Wow. Yeah. It's a whole new level of science. I'm not even going to pretend to know, but you can go listen to it um, at Ben Greenfield. It's an, it's a really good one. And uh, Joseph Mercola is uh, the speaker. And um, actually there is uh, another guy too. And uh, his name is Martin Pauls and uh, you can YouTube him and we'll put a, a link in the show notes if we can. Um, and, but I mean, he's got like these super in-depth YouTube shows and you're going to have to chunk out some time. I think they're like an hour and an hour 30, Mm -hmm. but you can learn a lot of, you know, the things that we don't necessarily understand that we're using. And what I mean by that is like, I don't know what Bluetooth is. I know it's some kind of radio wave, but I don't know what Bluetooth is. It's like, what is the cloud? Yeah, exactly. It's what is the cloud? What are all these things that we're just using every day without really thinking about what they are? Right. And that's scary to me. And it kind of rang in my head. It's like before there was the term alcoholism, there were still alcoholics, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering what, you know, um, people getting just so like people like me getting so caught up in the technology, what that's going to be called. And then is it going to be harmful to your health at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. And I, I really truly feel like I'm, I'm better when I'm digitally detoxing than I'm not. And I, I, you know, you don't have to like go on this like crazy retreat for seven days without your phone or no communication, or you don't got to go live in a cave. But what I have been finding that's working a lot for me is that I turn off my phone from the start of dinner until the next day after my um, movement, um, <laughs> both <laughs> movements actually, uh, is so I have to have, well, I have to have my meditation and I have to move my body in some sort. Every morning. Every morning. Yeah. I have to do that. Um, all movements are welcomed, by the way, in the morning. And <laughs> And as soon as I'm done with my meditation and whatever that movement's going to be, whether it be um, uh, walking on the beach or or doing a yoga class or doing some kind of um, high intensity training, I have to I have to have that. And once that is completed, I'll turn my phone on. That usually is like around nine o'clock, mm-hmm. which I think everyone's workday pretty much starts. Right, it's the classic nine to five. Right. Mine starts a little bit earlier than that. You, yes. Yeah. When you're your own business and you know, it's just a model that works for me. You kind of have to take it on um, your own field for a perfect example from this time that the studio closes, which is usually about eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. You could stop from eight till let's just say five a.m. In the morning. Right. You know? Yeah. And, um, but then again, you know, when, when you're dealing with your own business, you you kind of have to like available during yeah because if someone calls at 10 30 saying that you know they're sick that gives you that much more time to actually try to reach out but there are different scenarios that you could do so maybe not on a day-to-day situation that you you could do this like most of my days are Mm -hmm. but on monday where the studio is is closed you could at the at the last class on sunday turn your phone off if you desired Mm -hmm. 
and then pick it up on Monday night absolutely, or whatever it was. So there are things, there's, there's schedules that can work for you and you just kind of have to think about it and be aware and be mindful of it. But the one thing that really, really has uh, shed down a lot of wasted time for me on my phone is the accountability of having that timer going, right. knowing that, well, if I stay here any longer, that means I'm going to have to work. <laughs> that More much longer as well. I think that's brilliant. So what? how is it just one 24-hour period? Is that what you're talking oh, about? Oh, you can do it anyway. So yeah. you keep the timer going yep. throughout that whole day? Yes. Throughout the whole, okay. So every time you get on your phone to do something that is not work-related. I start the timer. You start the timer. Yes. And then you stop it when you're done. So it just it brings accountability mm-hmm. and awareness of, whoa, I'm actually on my phone a lot for non-business right things. and and what happens is is what i have to do is instead of just accumulating the time mm-hmm. i actually do the thing that I, I i actually spend that time in right after whatever i'm doing on the phone so i don't get uh lazy and just forget about it so perfect Got example it. right so perfect example if i'm on the phone for let's just say eight minutes right mm-hmm. the next eight minutes will be filled with some sort of physical activity that gets my body moving, that gets my, just gets me in a better state of flow with my relationship with whatever I need to do. So you're not talking about um, getting on for emails or anything like that. You're actually talking about like checking social media or. Um, oh, no, it's, it's everything from the phone. So oh. if it's it's everything. So it, even work. Oh, yes, even work. Oh, okay. And it's really fun this way because not only that, now I'm really focused on making sure that the priorities of what I need to get taken care of are taken care of. So the emails or whatever is, you know, a pressing issue has to go and it has to be. Now, if there is like a situation where I'm getting, a, you're in a conversation, Okay, um, with someone from work. Instead of text messaging, I actually make the call. And to me, that's not being on my phone. I'm not in an app land. I'm not in a text or an email or any kind of socials or anything like that. I'm actually having a phone call. Mm-hmm. This, to me, doesn't count. This is actually using my phone as what a phone is. <laughs> that is a phone call. Right. Right. It's not something else. It's not getting lost on Amazon looking for a superfood of the next <laughs> of the next generation. It's not it's not looking up like, um, you know, uh, who won the Super Bowl yesterday and reading all the behind the scenes things. Like It really keeps me accountable. I like that. Yeah. And so whatever time I log in, I really have to I'm, I'm very mindful of, of how long I'm there. Mm hmm. And sometimes that's just enough because for a very long time, because all of this technology and how life is unfolding with this technology, it's, it's so new and it's so fast. We, we forget, we forget to ask questions like that. Like, where am I right now? What am I really thinking about right now? Or am I just going through the motions because that's just where we are. And I think digital detoxing can can help out with so many other things too. I think social interactions are going to be much more rich. Um, you know, just living life, your experiences in life are going to be much more rich. Yeah, when you I, get off your phone. How many times do you like uh, 
and I'm guilty of this too. How many times are you having I'm like so a, guilty of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't roll your eyes at me. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. But you know, you're just out with friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you put your phone. I'm not saying you. I'm saying you as a whole. You put your phone on the table. Mm-hmm. I got to stop that. I'm taking my phone and putting it. I don't want to put it in my pocket because I don't know what the EMFs are doing to my nether regions. <laughs> but <laughs> and you'll find a lot more of that too. We can put it in my purse. Yeah, just something else than having it right there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and actually just enjoy the moment that you're in. And check out all the things that come up. Not only are you enjoying your time with the person that you're with, which hopefully, which hopefully you're, you know, really appreciative of, but you're also being more mindful of what's around you, what's in your environment, how the food looks and how the food tastes and all of the other energies that are going in the room. Mm-hmm. It, it's nice to, to be aware. I've seen friends of ours put their phones in a, a pile on the table and the first one to grab it throughout dinner has to pay for everybody. <laughs> You've seen this? Yeah. I've never seen this. Yeah. I, I, I saw it on social media. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? Well, yeah. that's, that's actually a really fun. That's a, that's a great game. Well, and then you're not asking Google for everything, right? You have to figure things out. Like the old days. Yeah. Like you like had a, a time to be right or wrong versus instantly being right or wrong. Right. And it was nice. You know, and you would come up with like. No, the reason why I'm right is this, this, this. It would actually expand your imagination. Even if you were wrong, you were still coming up with things that were like uh, uh, they're using your imagination versus right. just going straight to the AI and being, oh, yeah, here's the answer. Wah, wah. Well, so you asked Siri for everything. And I, now it's kind of a game because I usually know the answer before she does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you really have a problem with uh, with but with Siri. Yeah, you have a problem with my Siri. <laughs> um, it's because she has the hot Australian accent that I, that I put on. Um, I'm just joking, but she's my broiler assistant as well. She's really good with my time. Yeah, you know, she'll let me know when I need to, you know, flip a fish or whatever I do. <laughs> flip a fish, right? Um, in that aspect as well. Uh, so another thing. Getting away from the this this phone conversation, which is really, I'm, I'm really happy that we're actually talking about this because this is something that we don't address really. I, I like it, mm-hmm. and I like the fact that you know I'm going this way, and I'm gonna bring you with me. I like it. Yeah, let's right. do it. We um we also bought a cupping set. Yes, we did. Yeah, Melanie has been cupping all over the place. <laughs> she uh the when I got home from Sacramento, um uh, my throat was feeling my throat had been feeling kind of funky for like a week and a half and i was like "Ugh, what is this so she checked out the little uh, meridian guideline that this cupping what, what what is this uh cupping board or tool set called um home cupping set home cup- <laughs> wow they really they <laughs> really fancy. broke the mold on that right um so the home cupping set and it has like this little meridian guideline of where you can put the cups Right? Uh-huh. And, and meridians so, are energy channels. Okay. That run through the body. Yeah. Now, is that Chinese medicine? Yes. This cupping set is from Korea, but it is um, it, it is traditional Chinese medicine. Okay. Yes. So you figured out where to put this cup, and it was kind of like in the center 
of my collarbone. Yeah. Right there. And so Melanie goes and she puts this cup on me and uh, it works really well. Like it's pretty easy to use. I was very surprised, pleasantly surprised how, how easy it is and um, how inexpensive this thing is because at one session of cupping was more than this entire set that we got. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes and she goes ahead and she, she puts this cup right like in the center, right of the center of my collarbone. And it's on, and I'm finding it really, really, really difficult to breathe. I'm actually having to talk myself into breathing deeper. And I'm breathing, and I'm breathing. And we leave it on for, I don't know, it must have been like five minutes, five, six minutes, not long at all. And he takes it off, and it immediately starts to bruise. It becomes this super dark, purple blood ring on my chest and it it was so sore to the touch however almost instantly my throat felt better mm-hmm. and i slept so good that night and i woke up and i was like oh wow <laughs> but that spot was even more blue and more purple and more of the darkest colors you could imagine and so sore to the touch. It was Yeah, it looks like ridiculous. a big hickey on your chest. It it's amazing though how this cupping thing is is yeah. working. And so you've I, been using it on your calf. On my calf, yeah. So I got this home cupping set because I I wanted my calf muscle to be cupped, but I was a little nervous about having someone else do it because it's still it's still healing. It's still kind of tender. So I wanted to be able to be in control of um, how much suction was used. So I got the home cupping set and I've been cupping my my calf. Now, as I've been healing, I've had a little bit of pain in my uh, on the, the inside of my knee. So basically medial, the meniscus area. And even sore to touch. So when I bend my knee too much, like if I sit down in a, a squat position or if I just bend it too much, I feel this pain. Plus, I can actually feel it if I press into it. So I've been cupping my calf and right up into the side of my knee, the inside of my knee. And I don't have that pain anymore. It's completely gone. Incredible. So is the inside of your knee painful because you've been kind of offsetting the calf? Right. I was walking around after I got off the crutches, I was walking around with my heel elevated for another couple of weeks because I couldn't put my heel down. It would put too much strain on my calf muscle. It would stretch it too much. Interesting. So that made me so uneven. Uh, my hip and my low back was starting to hurt. My opposite shoulder was hurting. So everything in the body is um, is connected. Connected. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And it started to really take a toll. So this cupping set was is really helping. I did my calf. I did my knee. I did my shoulder. My low back. And I feel so much better today after just doing it for two days. That's rad. It's just cool that we have that kind of availability to us Mm -hmm. where you order a cupping set from korea (laughs) on amazon on amazon yeah they have a lot um also another thing that melanie uh and i purchased this week like we told you last week is the wim hof method it's a 10 week course that wim hof and his team have available um online at wimhof.com i'm sure but um we're gonna start our 10 week program hopefully tomorrow and 
it, the gist of it basically is is um, it's been around for it's been around for a couple of years now, and um, it just concentrates on breathing and bringing and this is my favorite part to turn your body more alkaline with breath. And to me, that's that's so fantastic because if your body is too acidic, um, it can cause a lot of trouble, especially inflammation, which we all know is like the beginning of the end for almost everything. <laughs> right. So I'm excited about this. So we'll be able to to speak with you um, throughout the the 10 weeks on what's changed, how are we feeling, and use this as um, a really cool kind of like a uh, bio testing ground mm -hmm. for for what we're going to be bringing into our lives. I'm excited about that. So thank you for purchasing that while I was away, by the way. Yeah, no, I'm very excited. Yeah. So we start tomorrow yep. and then we'll have something to report to you next Monday. Absolutely. All right. Well, um, hopefully you put your phone away after this podcast <laughs> and you go enjoy nature. Digital detox. All right. You go enjoy nature and have a great time and uh, happy Monday. Peace.